MSW Media. Today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by my favorite daily nutritional drink, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we thank them for their support. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 3rd, 2022. Today, the new Manhattan DA is on the case. Bernie Carrick provides a tranche of documents to the 1-6 committee, but holds back the crimiest ones. Liz Cheney makes the Sunday show rounds. The Department of Justice gives an update on the 1-6 investigation. Devin Nunes is gone. Ghislaine Maxwell has been found guilty. Betty White leaves us after 99 incredible years. And Twitter has permanently banned Marjorie Three Names' personal Twitter account. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dear Betty, you look so fantastic and full of energy, I can't believe you're 90 years old. In fact, I don't believe it. That's why I'm writing to ask if you will be willing to produce a copy of your long-form birth certificate. Thanks, and happy birthday, no matter how old you are. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Oh, Betty White, Betty I knew, even Betty White, and you know what? You have to think she looked at, hopefully this isn't like a precursor to 2022 where Betty White was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that year because the rest of them, man, that is, it's interesting. And you'll probably agree, Allison, I'm sure this is the case for you as well. There are certain people in your career you would love to meet and work with. And one of those people that I didn't get to was Robin Williams. That broke my heart. And Betty White was another one. And it's just one of those things that she is so respected by so many people from so many, you know, different cloth. It's just, she was in, she, I mean, what a beautiful career. Spanning, what, eight decades? Eight decades. Yeah, 14 presidents or something like that. Unbelievable. Bananas. Plus, Obama's adorable, and I miss him very much. <laughs> I know, that picture of him <laughs> and Michelle on New Year's. Oh, like, my hell God. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, that was some energy right there. Love it. Happy New Year, everyone listening. Yes, Happy New Year. It is... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it's going to be a new year. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. About it, because I'm not going to jinx it. Don't jinx it. No. And, you know, there's some other um, incredible things that happened while we were gone. Life in the jizz lane, right? Ghislaine Maxwell, guilty on five of six counts, including the most serious ones. Now it's up to prosecutors to see if they can pull out some names, because wouldn't it be just about the kind of society we live in that the only person who gets prosecuted is the woman is the woman. Now, that I'm not saying she shouldn't be. Oh, no, she should be. However, she didn't traffic these kids to no one. Mm, yeah. Nope, she didn't. Yeah. I, please, I, th- I really do think this is the time where we need to really get extra protection and watch her. Because now that there's the guilty verdict, that's when shit happens. So um, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, to make sure the cameras work in yep. that particular cell block, that'd be good. Good start. That'd be wonderful. Hire the C team, the D team to uh, to watch uh, her her 
area? I know a few civilians that would be more than happy to take a few shifts if you'd like. Yeah, some really well, <laughs> like well-meaning, hardworking civilians. Would be yep. like, I'll watch. I'll, I'll, watch I'll take a 12-hour shift. Happy to. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as of right this moment, Devin Nunes is no longer in Congress. So Who? A, I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm that sorry. Was- what I meant was... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 I, I hope, you know, that's one of those things where you're like, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Have a good day, Devin. Yeah. Can't wait for you to be the first person indicted for securities and exchange commission fraud, uh, being the CEO of this new Trump company. Crumpany. All right. So that's cool. So lots of things, lots of things happening. We do have some news that we want to get into in more in detail. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Oh, Dana, I forgot to say, I mean, this is a hot note, technically, if you think about it. But Kimberly Johnson from the Start Me Up podcast, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, is going to join me later. We're going to talk DOJ. And she's also a hot note. And you know what? We know each other. So I'm going to objectify her just respectfully for a second. She's and her, her boyfriend. I mean, our husband. Are they married? I think they're. I don't think they're married. Anyway, great stories about them. Anyway, let's yes. continue. We do have a lot of news. <laughs> yes, the new U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia has released an update on the 1-6 investigation. Quote, arrests made. More than 725 defendants have been arrested in nearly all 50 states in the District of Columbia. This includes those charged in both district and superior court. Criminal charges so far. More than 225 defendants have been charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees including over 75 individuals who have been charged with using a deadly or dangerous weapon or causing serious bodily injury to an officer. Approximately 140 police officers were assaulted January 6th at the Capitol, including about 80 U.S. Capitol Police and 60 from the Metropolitan Police Department. Approximately 10 individuals have been arrested on a series of charges relating to assaulting a member of the media or destroying their equipment. 640 defendants, about, have been charged with entering or remaining in a restricted federal building or grounds. Over 75 have been charged with entering a restricted area with a dangerous or deadly weapon. 75. More than 45 defendants have been charged with destruction of government property, and over 30 have been charged with theft of government property. At least 275 defendants have been charged with, ding, ding, corruptly obstructing or impeding an official proceeding or attempting to do so. That's that very important 18 U.S. Code 1512C2 that I've been talking about forever. Uh, Approximately 40 defendants have been charged with conspiracy. Either conspiracy to obstruct a congressional proceeding, conspiracy to obstruct law enforcement during a civil disorder, or conspiracy to injure an officer, or some combination of the three. And apparently, it looks like 165 individuals have pleaded guilty to a variety of federal charges from misdemeanors to felony obstruction, many of whom will face incarceration and sentencing. 145 have pleaded guilty to misdemeanors. 20 have pleaded guilty to felonies. Six of those who have pleaded guilty to felonies have pleaded to charges related to assaults on law enforcement. Four face statutory maximums of 20 years or more in prison, as well as potential financial penalties. Two face statutory maximums of eight years in prison, as well as potential financial penalties. About 70 federal defendants have had their cases adjudicated and have received sentences for their criminal activity on January 6th. 31 have been sentenced to periods of incarceration, 18 have been sentenced to home confinement, and the others have been sentenced to probation with no term of incarceration. Now, there's something else I wanted to read to you from this particular statement put out by the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. Please. 
He says, under the continued leadership of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia and the FBI's Washington Field Office, the investigation and prosecution of those responsible, again, the investigation and prosecution of those responsible for the attack continues to move forward at an unprecedented speed and scale. The Department of Justice is resolved to hold accountable those who committed crimes on January 6th, has not and will not wane. So what this means is this isn't restricted to the boots on the ground those responsible for the attack. And it also means that the investigation will not get smaller. So those are some encouraging words. Now, would I prefer if he got out in front of cameras, maybe on January 6th, maybe during the same time Trump's going to give his stupid press conference? Yeah. That I hope nobody covers. If D.C. U.S. attorney got out and talked about all of this in front of the cameras, you know, this, these things that he can talk about since he can't talk about ongoing investigations, that I think could go a long way. But we'll see what he does. I've been contacting via Twitter and the Department of Justice website. I've been contacting the U.S. attorney in D.C. rather than Merrick Garland, who's really just a figurehead over all U.S. attorneys and the Department of Justice. But this is this investigation and whether or not it goes all the way up the chain, which I think it will, is on the D.C. U.S. attorney. Absolutely. It is because Garland has testified under oath that he will not restrain the FBI or the D.C. U.S. attorney in their investigations, meaning. If the U.S. attorney in D.C. comes to Garland and says, hey, I'm going to indict Trump, Garland's not going to say no. He does have to he does have to give his okay, But I think it's more of a rubber stamp than people. Absolutely. People realize. Yeah, I sit here nodding. I realize people can't really see that. I'm just nodding at you instead (laughs) of being audible. It's been a couple of weeks. You've got a little bit of lose, though, before the next story. Yeah. Liz Cheney came out today on the Sunday shows, did the rounds. She told him MSNBC today that Ivanka actually went to her dad twice during the attack on the Capitol to ask him to tell the rioters to stand down. And he didn't. So that and and she said, we have firsthand testimony of that. She also said they had firsthand testimony that he was, in fact, watching the attack on the Capitol from the dining room in the Capitol, which Hugo Lowell reported on a couple weeks ago. So confirmation on that great scoop by Hugo Lowell at The Guardian. That is good stuff. And this next story, and we've always talked about as someone too dumb to crime, Well, it seems that he is dumb, but apparently still not too dumb to crime. In a related story to what we just spoke about, a key advisor to Donald Trump's legal team, in their post-election quest to unearth evidence of fraud, they've delivered a trove of documents to the January 6th investigators describing those efforts. Now, Bernard Carrick, he is the former New York City police commissioner and an ally of Donald, uh, actually an ally not of just Donald, but to his attorney at the time, Rudy Giuliani. He also provided, quote, a privileged log describing materials he declined to provide to the committee. So he handed over a bunch of shit, and then he also gave a log that said, but you can't have this. Now, among those withheld documents is one titled, Draft Letter from POTUS to Seize Evidence in the Interest of National Security for the 2020 Elections. There is a draft letter saying he's about to commit a crime or would like to. Carrick's attorney, Timothy Parlator. We'll go with Parlator, provided the privilege log to the panel, which said the file originated on December 17th. That was a day before Trump huddled in the Oval Office with advisors, including who? The former Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, where they discussed the option of seizing election equipment in states whose results Trump was attempting to overturn. They were talking about stealing voting machines. Now, Donald ultimately opted against that strategy. Good choice, son. But his consideration of the option is one of the key questions the panel is probing as part of its broader investigation into attempts to overturn this election. 
So it is unclear whether the letters related to the same plan and if Donald knew of its existence. Now, Carrick withheld it, describing it as privileged because of its classification as, quote, attorney work product. Interesting. There was another document provided by Carrick to the panel included emails. This included emails between Carrick and associates about paying for rooms at the Willard Hotel. Now, Carrick had been subpoenaed by the panel on November 8th as part of its investigation into the so-called war room at the Willard Hotel, where Trump's allies, they all met, Trump's allies, they met to strategize about preventing Congress from certifying Joe Biden's victory. We know this. This is fact. The panel had originally sent a letter accompanying the subpoena that had incorrectly suggested Carrick was in the war room on January 5th, leading Carrick to demand an apology. Okay, so that, I wasn't in that crime room. Yeah, excuse me. No, uh, my 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 defendant may have been uh, my one of my what does a lawyer have clients? My clients were, but I was not in the room where it happened. Now, another 22 page document titled Strategic Communications Plan Giuliani Presidential Legal Defense Team, which is just fucking hilarious on its own. Now, what that did, that 22-page document, it describes a 10-day blitz aimed at Republican House and Senate members to pressure them to vote against certifying the 2020 election results. The effort was focused, according to the document, on six swing states. I'm sure you can name them if you just pause the podcast. It's Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Mm. Now, yes, it is unclear if Carrick would appear for a deposition instead of an interview. A December 23rd letter to the panel from Parlator had included disputed claims that the January 6th panel was structurally invalid and called its deposition process fatally flawed. Now, the panel has previously rejected those arguments, clearly. Yeah, so has the court. So, so it seems pretty legit. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's, um, let's talk about what's happening in Manhattan because this is very exciting. Uh, by the way, everybody... Vance didn't shut down the Trump probe like a bunch of naysayers said he would. And this is from the Associated Press. Alvin Bragg has already notched one historic first, taking office Saturday as Manhattan's first black district attorney. Now he's weighing another, whether to make Donald Trump the first former president ever charged with a crime. As District Attorney Bragg inherited an investigation into Trump and his business practices from his predecessor, who, you know, Cy Vance Jr., who declined to seek reelection, Now he is in charge of all of that, that entire, all of the whole bank of investigations that Cy Vance Jr. had opened up. After weeks of speculation about whether Vance would close his tenure with a bang by indicting Trump, the former DA has passed that decision to Bragg. 48-year-old civil rights lawyer, former federal prosecutor, used to work at the New York Attorney General's office too, was sworn in in a private ceremony in part because of COVID. Bragg told CNN last month he'll directly be involved in the Trump matter. He also said he has asked the two veteran prosecutors who led the case under Vance, General Counsel Kerry Dunn and former mafia prosecutor Mark Pomerantz, to stay on and see it through. They've kind of been leading the thing. Remember when I said way back that Vance really wasn't doing anything was Pomerantz and Pomerantz would be bridging the gap between the U.S. attorneys if the or between the district attorneys if the case wasn't closed. But yeah, beans, beans come true. Quote, this is obviously a consequential case, (laughs) one that merits the attention of the DA personally, Bragg told CNN. The investigation resulted in charges last summer, as we know, against the Trump Organization and the CFO, Alan Weisselberg. In the fall, Vance conveyed a new grand jury to hear evidence in the case, mostly looking at property valuation, you know, mishandling or malfeasance or crimes, really, if you just want to say. (laughs) 
Trump himself remains under investigation by the office after Vance led a multi-year fight to get access to the Republicans' tax records and financial documents from Mazars and records from Deutsche Bank and Apollo and Citigroup. As a top deputy to New York's attorney general in 2018, Bragg helped oversee a lawsuit that led to the closure of the Trump Foundation over allegations he used the nonprofit to further his political business interests. Not no longer allegations found out to be true. Now, Dana, I've heard rumors that we could expect indictments from the DA's office this month. Oh, I sure like that rumor, AG. Let it come true. Let it come true. But probably not against individuals. Why are you teasing me? That was very <laughs> rude. That Everyone listening, that was not nice. <laughs> it's probably going to be against, <laughs> more against superseding indictments against the Trump organization. So be prepared for that. Uh, everyone's going to go, oh, who cares? What about Trump? It's a big fucking deal. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. And have some faith that the investigation is being handled by justice-minded people that will do the right thing. If they are unable to get enough evidence to indict Trump himself, they will not. If they are, they will. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It is indeed. And speaking of people who will do the right thing, this is not one of them. Twitter is permanently suspended. Georgia GOP rep Marjorie Taylor Greene. They have suspended her personal Twitter account. And that's the at MT Greeny. <laughs> I just can't. To the company. So that's the company. They confirmed that to CNN Sunday morning. So listen, a Twitter spokesperson said the company, quote, permanently suspended the account for, quote, repeated violations of our COVID 19 misinformation policy. It took five violations, by the way. I just want to point that out. Now, Green, a right wing Republican, most frequently tweeted from the handle at MT. G-R-E-E-N-E-E, so M.T. Greeny, which had more than 465,000 followers. Now, she still has access to and can tweet from her official congressional account, which is at Rep. M.T.G. Now, that one has more than 386,000 followers. Yeah, not as uh, ridiculous yeah. as the one that got suspended. So not as many followers, obviously. A little more boring. Which is, yeah, and obviously probably a little more professional. Although when these people feel like they're being silenced they w- she'll start to get sassy on her watch on her, on her she'll start to get sassy on her professional twitter account that shit's going to get shut down too so the, the uh, marjorie uh, has a long history of embracing baseless conspiracy theories and has she has been a serial tweeter of false claims now that's been about the election the capital insurrection and many other subjects and this has been happening since she won her seat in november of 2020 Twitter had previously temporarily restricted Green's account for sharing misinformation about the 2020 presidential election and COVID-19. Now, the tweet that prompted the permanent ban included misleading graph purporting to show deaths related to COVID-19 vaccines, which Green claimed have been ignored. And that's according to a person familiar with Twitter's decisions. So she decided to put out a graph that was complete lie. And apparently that's what put them over the edge. But it wasn't her first offense. It wasn't her second offense. It wasn't her third offense. I believe it was over her fifth offense that did this. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think she had four previous and on the fifth one or five and on the sixth one. But yeah, yeah, they did it. All right. Dana, the House Select Committee, as I said, was working over the holidays. Good for them. Liz Cheney, as I said today, said they have firsthand testimony that Trump was just watching the attack in the dining room. So Nero-esque. And again, that was a fact reported by Hugo Lowell a couple weeks ago, now being confirmed. So 
That's what's going on in the one six committee. That's the update now. But what's going on with the Department of Justice? I just had to giggle because it sounded like a weird game of Clue where it was like, it was Trump in the dining room with a cold hamburger. <laughs> Hamburgers. <laughs> He's just hoovering down cold cheeseburgers. <laughs> but please tell me, tell me, tell me about what you were about to say just now because it's important because you're moving on to... The amazing interview. Yeah, I'm going to talk with Kimberly Johnson. She's the host of the Start Me Up podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Our new partners in crime. I'm really excited about that. And uh, we're going to discuss DOJ, misinformation, what you could expect, what you should expect. A whole new tweet thread by John Dean, which is absolutely fantastic. What Jill Wine Banks is saying. Good information. You're going to want to hear it. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Beans. Today's show is being brought to you by Helix Sleep. Saved my sleep. They did. Getting a good night's sleep is so important to our health and well-being. It really is. Uh, You know, I used to toss and turn all night, and I would feel exhausted all day. It suppressed my immune system. It was stress, anxiety. It was awful. But then I found Helix Sleep, and I realized I had the wrong mattress for how I sleep. To get the best night's sleep of your life, do what I did. Take the online sleep quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, and Helix will match your sleep preferences and body type with a mattress that's perfect for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses ideal for regulating body temperature if you sleep hot. One's great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And even a Helix Plus for beautiful plus-size sleepers. My quiz matched me with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium-firm bed and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect. Now I wake up feeling rested, refreshed, and energized for the day. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews and was awarded number one best overall mattress of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it for 100 nights risk-free. And they have financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining me today is acclaimed author and host of the Start Me Up podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, our new Wonder Twin Powers Activate Network partner. Please welcome Kimberly Johnson. Kimberly, hello. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) It's good to talk to you because, you know, we've been off the last, I've been off the last week, you've been off the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're getting back into it. And uh, you and I have seen this sort of culmination of Merrick Garland haters mm-hmm. on social media. And I wanted to talk about that today because I don't understand it. Because like my understanding of the Department of Justice, and this is from talking to, now I never worked for the Department of Justice, but I've talked to many people who have worked for the Department of Justice. I've read many books about it. I've talked to former U.S. attorneys. And uh, the way it sort of works is that if you're the U.S. attorney in D.C., then you're in charge of whether or not you bring in, you know, cases to the grand jury, particularly in the one six investigation. Mm-hmm. And Garland isn't in charge of that. He's testified under oath that he's not restraining any investigations, whether it be the Washington field office for the FBI or the FBI general or the you know, U.S. attorney in D.C. for this particular investigation. So why is everybody hating on Garland? I mean, this is the D.C. U.S. attorney's boat. He's the captain. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got a very specific perception of this. And I just want to say right off the bat that whatever Merrick Garland is doing, you know, obviously it's important. It's important to all of us. And it it is important to see higher ups 
who have committed crimes pay for those crimes. But we are heading into this year, another extremely, very extremely important election. And this, this chatter online that is specifically, it looks like it's specifically geared to, and you've mentioned that there's like the PSYOP against uh, a garland. It's, it looks like it's, it's, they want to depress voting, that they want people to feel apathetic. And we all have to be aware of this because there are foreign adversaries and domestic adversaries who are invested in Democrats not voting. And so we also have to remember that they weaponize our social media. And as, as far as Garland is concerned, I have a couple questions that I want to ask you about. But for the one-sixth thing, we may not see indictments until 2023. Mm-hmm. Good, legitimate indictments that would make everybody who's really fucking pissed off and you know, upset right now online, it would make them happy. But for whatever reason, it might take until 2023. And I feel like if we just keep putting it out there that, oh, it's just going to depress voting. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean that the Democrats are going to lose. If we can manifest that. We manifest that by putting it out into the collective, everybody agreeing on it, and then everybody acting on it, meaning not voting. Because, oh, I voted for justice. Well, maybe you're going to get justice on fucking January 10th, 2023. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we voted for justice in 2020, and that's when Biden took over, and he appointed Merrick Garland to be the attorney general, who's kind of the, the you know, sort of, much like the president, who doesn't do everything himself. He's got a whole massive group of advisors. You know, Garland is the figurehead. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's not going to... If if D.C. U.S. attorney, who, by the way, didn't get there until November because Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley were playing games and delaying their nomination, delaying his nomination. Wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if if he decides at some point, you know, after, you know, because my concern and this would be a legitimate way to handle the investigation. But my concern is that Department of Justice is trying to insulate itself from looking political. So it's waiting for referrals from the bipartisan January 6th committee or from the DOJ inspector general who's looking into the former Trump DOJ people. And then perhaps they'll follow those referrals, which is why it could be delayed to 2023. I I think that they could just go and do it themselves now without those referrals. And again, Garland said he's not restraining it. So I don't know that that's necessarily what's happening. But I just want everybody to kind of be prepared for that. You know, shit takes yeah. time. Well, here's the question I have for you. And I think, I think I've asked you this before, but I'm curious to know what you think about this. Because you have kind of touched on it when you've answered questions or responded to people on Twitter. But, you know, there, there's the, the crowd that is saying, all right, fine, we're willing to wait for the 1-6 indictments. But because of the Mueller report, there are things that Trump and Trump Co. could be charged on right now. And so that's where I don't, I don't know enough about any of this to, to comment on it because I don't know if they have enough meaning airtight case that they know that they can win. Maybe they have, some, I mean, we, we certainly saw Donald Trump on television admitting that why he fired Comey. And, you know, we, we have some real life proof right in front of our faces. So th- that's the only thing that trips me up when it comes to Merrick Garland. Do you have a, a good solid answer on why they're not doing something having to do with the Mueller report? No. I mean, I can make guesses, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm on the side of people who are saying, why haven't we indicted for obstruction of justice? But again, that's the D.C. U.S. attorney's jurisdiction, not Merrick Garland's. 
And that would be his case to bring. Now, if they're going to look into it and they're looking into it, I imagine any delay would be because they didn't get the McGann testimony mm-hmm. until May of this year. Oh, OK. There you go. That's it. And that was when McGann came in and said, yeah, everything I said to Mueller is the is right. Yes. The, and, and confirmed basically everything that he that he said. Mm-hmm. And again, the D.C. U.S. attorney didn't get there until November. However, I mean, that doesn't preclude the D.C.'s attorney, D.C. attorney's office from not doing anything until that person gets there. Yeah. You know, they can do stuff <laughs> with the interim D.C. U.S. attorney. But we have to also remember that Michael Sherwin was the acting D.C. U.S. attorney for a while. And that guy's a piece of shit. He's a bar protege. He was installed. He was on the side of... Uh, Bar when he wanted to overturn Flynn's guilty plea. I mean, like he's a he's a piece of shit. He went on TV and said, we're looking at seditious conspiracy like and he's not supposed to do that. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, he was drummed out uh, of the Department of Justice by Merrick Garland. No, he resigned because he was placed under investigation for breaking DOJ policy by talking about open and ongoing investigations like so. There's a couple of reasons. And, you know, they might need the McGann testimony. They might have to call McGann in. They might, you know, they might be trying to subpoena McGann to get him in front of a grand jury. He'd have to impanel that grand jury if there isn't one impaneled already. And then they'd have to get all of the not just, you know, the not just volume two of the Mueller report, but all the underlying mm. materials that we don't even know about yeah. um, and, mm. and and put a case and put a case together. I mean, it's most of the work is done, but, you know, you still have to put it together. That's the only thing I can see in a delay. But again, I tweet at the use the the D.C. U.S. attorney's office every week <laughs> saying, hey, yeah, <laughs> you need to prosecute these beautiful fucking fabulous obstruction of justice charges or at least investigate them. And if you don't, can you at least commit to telling us why you declined to do so? I think we've earned that right because we sacrificed a lot to get those obstruction to get volume two of the Mueller report. We sacrificed a lot. So that's kind of my answer. But I do tweet at him every week and I've encouraged other people to tweet at him every week. Why aren't you doing this? Because I think that if he doesn't, it it would be a dereliction of duty. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, again, we've got these two different situations here because the one six committee, I mean, like you said, waiting for criminal referrals. It's just going to take a little bit of time. People don't like to hear that. And I mean, I've seen even Jill Weinbanks talk about I think she replied specifically to one of your tweets saying you know, it was comparing it to Watergate and saying why this is different. But, you know, regardless, my whole thing on this is I don't want voting. I don't want any voters out there to say, oh, well, because the DOJ didn't do something I wanted them to do. I'm not voting for Democrats. I mean, that's like, it's like, why? Then you're going to hand power over to Basically, Nazis, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, fascists. Oh, my God. So that's going to be the answer. And, mm. and unfortunately, you know, we've seen, we've seen this before. Over and over and over again, if you have a Democratic president in, in the midterms, you usually see the midterms going, you know, against whatever party the president is in. So that's all fine and good. And we've seen it happen for, you know, decades. But... We are not living in normal times where the Republican Party could be trusted to just transfer power when they legitimately lost, which didn't always happen before. But still, the peaceful transfer of power always happened. We cannot rely on that anymore. 
and mm. for voters to behave in the same way as if, oh, well, because I saw somebody on Twitter respond to me like, well, what's going to happen is the Republicans are going to win and then they're going to fuck everything up. And then the, then the Democrats will come back and fix it. Not this time. This, this time it's different because we have fascists who are hell bent on just holding on to power and turning this into uh, the Russian oligarch fantasy that they have. And they will do it. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, we have a choice. Now we know Democrats will show up because we showed up in 2018 and that was a midterm election. Granted, there was a Republican and he was not really a Republican, but, you know, in name only, uh, he was the president and he was the motivating factor to get everybody out. But that just shows you we, we are there and we can do it. Mm-hmm. We, we were embarrassing in 2010 and 2014. Embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, just handing the Republicans all the congressional power and, and, and the Senate. And I, we, we can't do that this time. And so that's why it's like the, the, I keep trying to push and I'm hopeful. And I'll just share this. Somebody, I'm in some, you know, I'm in a million DM rooms and somebody who works for Demcast, I guess, has some kind of source or whatever on the Hill. And tomorrow, Democrats are going to start talking about, I think, different rules on a talking filibuster. And I think that's very hopeful. And evidently, Manchin and Cinema, or no, Manchin is open to coming back to the table for Build Back Better, maybe getting rid of a few things, but making some of the things permanent as opposed to a year or two. The way that I look at that is let's just fucking get it done and we'll, we'll upgrade later when we win. And, and we have to look at it like the last time you and I talked, you were like, just, I can't, I can't remember how you said it, but it was like, just have a winning attitude. That's what it was like, have a winning attitude. Yeah, we won, act like it. Yeah, and assume we're going to win again and that we will go back and clean up the details of Build Back Better. But those two are separate. The DOJ and voting is not the same. It's the same <laughs> category. We don't have to put them together in the same category. No. And if, if we do lose 2022, a lot of people are going to blame Merrick Garland for that when they themselves are the ones who created yes. the depressed voting for, for Merrick Garland. And I want to talk more about 2022 and the 1-6 committee, but I need to take a quick break. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And this portion of The Beans is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes daily nutrition simple and convenient. Stress, poor sleep, hectic schedules, They all make it difficult for me to maintain effective nutritional habits and provide my body with nutrients I need to flourish. But AG1 by Athletic Greens is changing all of that. The category-leading superfood product brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Just one tasty scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotics, green superfood, and more in one convenient daily serving. I take AG1 with water first thing in the morning before my run and before my coffee to give my body what it needs to start the workout. Plus, because I'm an intermittent faster and I'm paleo, it is perfect for filling the gaps in my diet. And it really does a tremendous job. And a special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients and a scoop of AG1 work together to fill those nutritional gaps. And they replace multiple products with one healthy, delicious drink. Uh, It fits, again, my paleo lifestyle, and it will also work with yours, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever. AG1 also contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it tastes great. My favorite thing about it is that as the research changes, so does AG1. 
While most nutritional products come to the market never evolve, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve AG1 based on the latest research. They've produced 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. I highly recommend you give it a try. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. We're talking with the host of Start Me Up, amazing podcast. Name's Kimberly Johnson. And Kimberly, before the break, I had mentioned... 2022 and the 1-6 committee, because another thing that I see going around is this idea that if the Republicans win the House or the Senate or both in 2022, that's it. The investigation is over. Right. And and we're fucked. And we may be fucked, but not for that reason. Right. (laughs) Because the January 6th committee, it's not like on December 30th. Of, of at the end of this year, Liz Cheney's going to look around at the rest of the people on the committee and go, oh, fuck you guys. We only have till tomorrow. How come nobody told me and like smack herself in the forehead like they don't know. Right. <laughs> the one six committee has said they're going to put out an interim report in the summer and a final report in the fall. They will be done mm-hmm. by the time this Congress ends, even if the Democrats maintain the House and the Senate. That committee is still disbanded and has to reform in the next Congress and Kinzinger will be gone. Mm. So, you know, they're going to be done before then. I have full I have full confidence. And if they're not, yeah, the the investigation will end. But that doesn't stop the Department of Justice, which criminal referrals will be made. Mm. I'm certain before the end of the the, Congress, like they're going to be like, oh, shit, we forgot to make our criminal referrals before. (laughs) The end of the year, you guys. Who? Why didn't anybody set an alarm? <laughs> you know, like I forgot to set my phone. Damn it! They're going to be made, and if in fact the Department of Justice is actually waiting for those referrals, that's when they'll pick it up and start investigating. Maybe they'll appoint a special counsel. That's my preference. I don't know. Right. But the other thing we need to kind of keep in mind is that yeah, if we do lose, I'm going to fight my ass off to not lose mm-hmm. in in 2022. Yeah. But if we do, that's a, a huge tick closer to the end of democracy, but it's not quite the end. I think 2024 mm-hmm. is the end. I agree. And and so I'm very concerned that if that with all of this me- messaging out on social media, that if we lose in 2022, everyone's just going to walk away and say, fuck it. This country doesn't matter anymore. We don't voting doesn't matter anymore. Uh, you know, and and I'm very afraid of that. But I don't know how to put the message out because it's not a good message to say, hey, don't worry if we lose, it'll be OK, because right. it's not going to be OK. But it's it 2020, 2024, I think, because if, if we lose the White House in 2024, then if the DOJ investigation is still going on, which I don't think it will be, it'll be shut down. Any special uh, prosecutor will be fired. Mm-hmm. And even if we get a whole b- ton of beautiful indictments of everybody who was the leader of the funders of the insurrection, whoever that president is going to pardon all those motherfuckers anyway. So it, it, voting, like you said, is not the one six investigation. We can't proceed with one and not the other. Mm. And we can't proceed with one based on the other. Yeah. And it's really difficult to, I mean, we can look at polls and we can look at history and all of that, but it's very, it's impossible to determine what's going to happen in 2022. There's, there's so much that's different this time around. And when we look at how 2020 turned out, I mean, clearly a bunch of Republicans voted for Biden and then they vote, they voted red down ticket. 
I don't know what's going to happen this year. I don't, I mean, obviously the Republican party or whatever you want to call them, the fascist party, they're all amped up. They are motivated. And we saw what happened. I mean, it it was interesting what happened in um, New Jersey and Virginia last year. It's weird to say that, but last year, because usually both of those states would go against whatever, you know, party the president was in. But this time only one did. It was Virginia. And everybody can argue that it was because it was Mayor Garland's fault, or they can argue that it, you know <laughs> that it was because uh, what's his name? Who I don't even remember his name now. I'm so bad at names, so that's normal for me. But the McAuliffe, he ran a campaign against Trump instead of for things. Exactly, and he was boring. He wasn't exciting. But you know what? We saw Virginia. That's that's the fault of the voters. Because they just weren't excited by McAuliffe. And it's like, well, I'm not excited by McAuliffe, but I, if I lived in Virginia, I would have made sure to vote for him. And I just understand <laughs> how you can't see, like, this whole bullshit of all the parties are both the same. It's like, God, no, they're not. They're not. We have this fascist party right now, and they don't give a shit about you or anybody. And so I think, you know, hopefully, since it is difficult to determine what's going to happen, I think the best we can do is keep putting out, like, that's why I'm just going to stay away from trashing on Merrick Garland. And I don't want to, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give into it. And I'm not going to give into this whole narrative of Democrats aren't going to show up. Because again, I believe that we manifest that. The collective starts to think, oh, that's how it's going to be. And then they act accordingly and then they make it happen. And so I think we just like, for as far as I'm concerned this entire year, and I'm very, very hopeful if we can pass the Voting Rights Act soon, I think that's going to lift something. It's, it's going to be a huge like relief. I think I, some of those things, I know they're going to get rid, rid of gerrymandering, which is huge. They're going to make it a holiday. Voting day is going to be a holiday. There's going to be, I think they're going to expand the mail-in voting stuff. So it'll be so much easier for people to vote. And then now it's just going to be up to the people to vote. And I think people who have bigger platforms should just like you and and we can talk about it and i'm just going to add this because last year i uh early i was like december of last year i think i tagged jamie harrison in a post and i was freaking out because i'm usually freaking out and i'm like what are you guys going to do what are you guys going to do and he he saw my tweet and he replied to it very sincerely with kind of a little thread and he was kind of going over why it's difficult for Democrats to compete with Republicans, some of its money, blah, 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 blah. Of course, they've got to deal with lies and disinformation. And so Lincoln's Bible had suggested to him that he should go on liberal podcasts because, you know, we're all about that and it's free. So he said yes. So I know he was, he had already been in talks with uh, Stephanie Miller. So he's already been on the Stephanie Miller show. And then, you know, I asked him privately and publicly and he agreed. So he's going to be on my show on the 10th of this month. And I'm, you know, my plan here is not to accuse him or accuse the Democratic Party of not doing what what we all want them to do, which is stronger messaging. But I'm going to try to point certain things out, like for instance, CRT. That's all we're going to hear now. We we heard it right up to the the uh, November elections, and then then everybody shut up because it's just a bunch of crap, and they put it out there just so that they could win an election. And now they're going to bring it out. So the Democrats need their version of CRT, but it's got to be the truth and it's got to be just as triggering to Democrats. You know, we need to, because the Republicans are triggered when they hear CRT. 
And they're like, I'm not going to teach my kid to feel guilty. Okay, well, we the Democrats need to find that kind of argument and hit the Republicans with it over and over and over and over, just as the way they do it. So I'm going to try, you know, my way to put it out into that, you know, into the sphere that uh, Democrats just need to change their, I don't know, their tone, their messaging. But boy, as my boyfriend, Bob Seska says all the time, Democrats really like to complain. <laughs> love to complain and feel sorry for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, so you, you get four weeks of paid leave instead of 12. So fuck it, vote for Republicans. Right. They'll give you zero. <laughs> <Right>. okay. <laughs> or don't vote. Because when you don't vote, you're voting for Republicans. You are. I'm just saying. You totally are. And um, I wanted to bring up one last thing here because this this made my fucking day. Uh, and you, you mentioned Jill Weinbanks earlier, who's just a she's just a saint. Yeah. She's just a <laughs> goddess. She she retweeted and brought to my attention a, a thread by John Dean. Now, if you don't know who John Dean is, I think everybody knows who John Dean is. But he had a choice back in the Watergate days. He could become a John Dean, which he did, <laughs> or he could be a John Mitchell, which mm-hmm. <laughs> who ended up in prison. And he went with being a John Dean and now obviously because he's him. Now, his thread says to not charge all involved planning, aiding and abetting and conspiring in one six and now covering it up would be the historical equivalent of only prosecuting the five men arrested for breaking into Watergate and trying to bug the place. He continues to say it took 928 days to hold all the key players responsible for Watergate with the convictions of Nixon's former attorney general, chief of staff and top assistant. On 1-1-1975, the 1-6 investigation is early. DOJ will give no passes for the democracy harming crimes of 1-6. The 1-6 investigations are moving faster than Watergate. Midterm 2022 elections will not change the focus of the Department of Justice. The 2024 election will not change the DOJ's actions. Mm. 1-6 is far from over of that, I am certain. To think otherwise is to misunderstand the career lawyers at the Department of Justice. Criminal accountability for 1-6 is a BFD at DOJ. (laughs) How do we know? It's America's first former POTUS insurrection. It's the biggest investigation in the history of the department. If they don't get it right, the USA is finished. Criminal investigations aren't televised. They'll get it right. I trust the DOJ, and I'm neither naive or untutored. (laughs) Unlike any time in DOJ's history, they literally carry the fate of the nation. Let them do their job. Meanwhile, Happy New Year. (laughs) <laughs> wow that's awesome yeah and he, when did he tweet that he tweeted that out on let's see december 31st uh, at 10 41 p.m <laughs> very cool that's that's you know we need to focus on that i mean i've called it before it's like you know there, there's the whole uh twitter legal team <laughs> you know where they think they watch Law and Order and they watch TV and say it needs to be, you know, wrapped up in a in a sixty minute show. And that's just not. And I know that there are people out there who disagree with me on both counts. That they want they they're after Garland and they're like, no, that's not what I'm thinking. But that's really are how they are behaving because it's not going to happen the way we want it to happen. We we live in a in a society and a culture and a world that is all about instant gratification, and it's understandable we were like abused for five years by Trump and everybody in his mm-hmm. orbit. And we want to see accountability. And I do think I do, you know, I honestly believe that this year we are going to see Trump indicted. And I think it's going to be for the Rico or the little Rico or whatever it's called. I think he's going to be indicted for uh, his money. 
I don't think it's necessarily yeah, going to... by the Manhattan DA. Right. So I think that, you know, his taxes and all that, he'll get in trouble for that. He's not necessarily going to go to jail for that, but he'll definitely have to deal with, you know, legal ramifications being held accountable for that. And, I, and I'm hoping that that'll be a little, like a little crumb to satisfy some of these people so that they'll say, look, things are happening. And granted, that's not Merrick Garland, but it doesn't matter because really what it's all about, and like you said, he's a figurehead. What it's all about is justice and, 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 and holding him account, accountable for crimes. We are so used to seeing in this country, specifically white men getting away with crimes, especially when it has to do with you know, the, the white collar crime and stuff like that. And occasionally we see justice, we do, but we also see a lot of them walking. And I think everyone is terrified. And we did see, you know, Bush and Cheney, they got away with their war crimes. For whether you agree with it or not, they got away with it and, or agree with the decision not to hold them accountable is what I mean. But this time it's different because this time it had to do with our country. It had to do with like stomping all over democracy, undoing the norms, changing up the game. And so, yeah, we want to see, it's totally understandable that we want to see indictments. We want to see people held accountable, but you know, we might have to wait a little longer. So let's just wait a little. Yeah. And this is our first insurrection of our lifetimes. And so, you know, oftentimes people are like what they should be arrested now. They should, everyone should be arrested now. And uh, my response is always simply, what are you comparing the speed with which this investigation is moving Mm -hmm. to? What are you comparing it to? What the last insurrection investigation that we went through? There isn't one. Uh, or they'll, you know, why isn't Meadows indicted yet for contempt? Well, what what are you comparing the timeline to? Bannon took 22 days and he was open and shut. So, you know, you're going to have to give it a minute. And then they oh, there's always because of this attitude that Merrick Garland can do no right. Right. That when he does something, it's the goalposts move when he indicted Tom Barrick and we didn't hear about it. Oh, well, good. where's the Trump indictment? Mm-hmm. Uh, if he if he indicts, he won't. But when, you know, when the Middle District of Florida guy indicts Gates, if Gates is indicted, they'd be like, oh, now do Trump. Nothing will ever be good enough. And then when I imagine when Trump is indicted, he'll be arraigned and he'll be out on bail because he's not a flight risk or he'll have to surrender his passports, maybe wear some, maybe wear some ankle jewelry. I don't know, but he'll be out on bail talking again. It's not going to shut him up and people will be angry that he's out on bail. And then they'll be angry that the trial won't be set until 2024. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be, they'll be, yeah, but he's not convicted. He's not in jail. I need to see him in jail. Nothing will ever be good enough. And then, you know, by the time if he is convicted and does go to jail, it won't, the sentence won't be long enough. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm getting at? Like, it's, we do. <laughs> I totally do. And it's true. And it's like, look, you know, we are, we're a country that's supposed to be all about the rule of law. And clearly, we're only about the rule of law sometimes. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, I, I wish it could be different, but I look at it this way. I mean, here I have, ever since Trump won, it's, it's been a terrifying ride. And because I had the opportunity to live in Soviet Russia in 1981, when I found out in 2017, and of course, obviously Hillary was talking about it, but I really didn't get it until 2017, that Russia had weaponized our own social media and helped Trump win. That, terrified me when 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 he was first i don't know if you want to call it elected installed whatever my main fear was north korea and i thought something's going to happen with north korea he's going to piss off north korea and we're going to have a nuclear war and and that's what i was afraid of as soon as i found out that russia was involved that became my new <laughs> my new fear 
And, you know, as, as, we, as we move on down now, as we go down the line of all the things that have happened, you know, like I said before, we're used to seeing people get away with it. And I assume there will be some people that get away with it. But the main, the main thing that I need to happen for me, for you, for all of us, we need to save democracy. And as much as I want to see Trump behind bars, as much as I want to see Jared and Ivanka and Donald Jr. and all of them pay and to be held accountable, if I had a choice to say, okay, let's see them held accountable for, I don't know, a year or two, and then Republicans win and everybody gets pardoned, or we save democracy and some of these people don't ever see jail, I'll go with saving democracy. And you mm-hmm. can argue, this is supposed to be a country that's rule of law. Yeah, well, we've never been a country that's been all about the rule of law where everything is justice and everybody gets held accountable and it's all fair and equal. And I wish it was that way. The whole goal of democracy is it's imperfect and you just keep fighting and you just keep fighting and just keep fighting. And I go back to if Democrats felt as passionate as they like to pretend that they do, they would have given Barack Obama a blue Congress both for, for both terms. And we didn't. I did. I voted. I voted. But a lot of people didn't show up in 2014. It was the lowest voter count in 80 years. Or I'm sorry, it was Democrat. It was turnout, I should say. Lowest Democratic turnout in 80 years. That was our fault. We we gave him Mitch McConnell. It was us because we didn't show up. And we proved in 2018 that we can show up. So, you know, the democracy is number one. If we don't have that, we have jack shit. And I just I I, want to try this year to push that message as hard as I possibly can. And I'm hoping that, you know, talking and I hope more liberal podcasters have an opportunity to talk with democratic leaders and, and that we can all work together in not only pushing the great policies that Democrats are known for, but we got to get in with that, like that good messaging. If they say CRT, we got to hit them back with banned books or something, something, mm-hmm. you know, and it, mm-hmm. that, that's, to me, it's all about saving democracy. And yes, I want these criminals to pay. But more than that, I want to live in a democracy. Yeah. And I, and I, I recommend um, everybody, you, and you as well, you might want to take a listen if you didn't. Uh, I recently did an interview with Anat Schenker Osorio. And she has done a, like mountains of research on messaging. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's got some very, very important ideas. And I think, you know, we're all looking forward to hearing your interview on January 10th with Jamie. Yes. And then just FYI, everybody, Allison's going to be on my show on Thursday. So (laughs) and we'll talk about some similar things. I'm sure you'll hear some similar conversations, but we're just going to keep pushing it all year. So get used to it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like wife swap. (laughs) Pod swap. (laughs) Anyway. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I think, you know, if anybody has any questions, obviously, or, you know, any additional points that you think should be talked about, Kimberly, tell them where they can find you on socials. Well, I'm on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E at the end of my name because my mother just had to put it in there to confuse everyone. And then, of course, you can find my... uh, on Twitter, you can find everything. I have a link tree, but I am at patreon.com slash startmeup. So that's that's about it. Awesome. And uh, I'll see you a little bit later on in the week. We're going to discuss probably similar stuff. And you know what? That January 6th committee was working all throughout the holiday. So hats off to them. Yes. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be getting some big news between now and the time that, that we speak again. So looking forward to it. Yes, me too. Thank you so much.
Yeah, everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. All right, it's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Yay, first good news of 2022. Woohoo! And I just have to tell you, I have perused the stories, and there are some of the cutest <gasps> pictures of animals. I have seen this year and I know it's only the third day of the year, but they're fucking cute. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Make it professional. Let's Stop do it. Scrolling. Nope. Puppy pictures. Yep. Here we go. From she, her, puppy mama, ginger, high team beans. I just wanted to give you an update on the latest round of foster pups that arrived last week. Remember, this is the. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have. We have to go to her house wherever yeah, she lives. We, yes. we required. Yeah, we required her to send us all the updates. Uh, I wasn't planning to take another litter during the holidays with family coming to town and shopping and all the other activities. But when I got the call that this beautiful litter of five German Shepherd mix puppies had been in the shelter for five days and was going to be put down by the end of the week. Oh, my God. I couldn't say no. And I'm just hoping that my family appreciates the life of these puppies more than having piles of presents under the Christmas tree this year. The pups arrived last week, scared, thin, shy, after being cooped up together in a four-foot-by-four-foot kennel at a shelter for five days and a long car ride. After just a week of room to run, good food, and lots of love and attention, they've blossomed into absolutely gorgeous, strong, healthy, playful, and affectionate pups who are now ready for their forever homes. There is so much to learn and appreciate about the resilience and ability to forgive the past and restart life anew. A good lesson is sometimes learning to just live in the moment, as pups do. In your honor. Please meet the Beans family. Three girls, Vanilla, Coco, Big Ears, and Espresso, Dark Sable with brilliant blue eyes, and two boys, Jelly, Big Boy with one blue eye, and Coffee, beautiful dark coffee-colored eyes. So we got Coco Beans, Vanilla Beans, Jelly Beans, Espresso Beans. Oh my God, (laughs) this is so cute. We think they might be shepherd husky border collie mixes, but you might want to put them into your guess the mutt section. Oh, yeah, because we'll be better at it than you. Oh, yeah. So much better. We have so (laughs) much experience with puppies. (laughs) All we have to say is there's probably chow chow in there. Yep. They're super smart, athletic, affectionate, and they're now available for adoption through the Bay Area German Shepherd Rescue Organization. BayAreaGSR.org. If any listeners are local to Northern California, looking to add a new fur baby to their homes in the new year or just looking to support a wonderful life-saving organization. Okay. Look at (gasps) these puppies. Look at Vanilla Bean. Oh, Vanilla Bean's cute. Oh, they're sharing a stick. Oh, Oh my my goodness. They really are the cutest. I want them all. I I do too. Yeah. Can I have one? Yeah, I I would. I want espresso bean. Oh, my God. I love it. That's fantastic. Ginger, thank you for kicking us off with that. We're going to move to David. He did not give us pronouns. However, he said, our new kitty Breezy should have been named Speedy as he tears through the house at warp speed. Mm. Our other cat and dog stay out of the way. On other topics, as we head toward the midterms, I'm getting the feeling of an old fire truck horse at the smell of smoke. In November, I turned in my local county election office ID a ballot pickup box, and other paraphernalia. I worked 66 elections over 20 years as a full-time elections clerk, driving over the coast range twice a day, three-hour round trip, from the coast town where I lived in Eugene, Oregon, the county seat. I'm pushing 70, and it's time. 
Love your shows. David, mm-hmm. thank you so much for the years of service with these elections, truly. And yeah. 20 years. This is a, a three-alarm fire. We need to get our shit together for the midterms. And that is a very large cat, sir. <laughs> the chonk. I want to rub the belly. Does David, <laughs> does he allow belly uh, rubs, the chonker? And also, it's so funny when chonky cats get the zoomies. It's one of my favorite things to behold because their bellies go flop back and forth. Blah, blah, blah. When they're running. Oh my uh, do you goodness. want to pick up the next one? Because I feel like you need to. I'm happy to. This is an anonymous post. She and her are the pronouns. My niece gave birth to a whole human last week. I guess that makes me a great aunt, which is a formality since my nephew and nieces think I'm great already. <laughs> Look at this baby. <laughs> Look how little. Oh, <sighs> they're perfect. A little bow tie on the onesie. That's the I, that's what I need to do, right? I need to get a onesie with nice clothes printed on it. Exactly. Like office, like a like a a short skirt and a long jacket oh, printed on a onesie. My God. Duh. I know. Thank you I for that. Eat, I want to eat you. the peats. Thank you for the baby picture. Next up from Carrie, pronouns she and her queens. So I have a correction for you and a self-correction for myself. <laughs> so last week I shared the story of my 100-year-old grandmother and her secret to a long life, peanut butter and beer. And I should have explained that she does not take those together. Yuck. Yuck, indeed. A spoonful of peanut butter in the morning and a beer at dinner. My bad. Love you, Grammy. And the correction for you is a derecho, pronounced similar to derecho, is a widespread, long-lived windstorm that is associated with a band of rapidly moving showers or thunderstorms. And in August of 2020, we had one that flattened our town and took out 80% of our tree canopy. And then another one on December 15th that produced the 43 tornadoes Jesus. over a 250-mile swath. Derecho. Also, you commented on the photo of my dogs that the pug had just gotten done licking his asshole and the cocker spaniel was judging. <laughs> well, you were right on the cocker. What happened while I was on vacation, AG? <laughs> she will judge you and read you to filth after she invades your personal space. But the correction is for the pug, Mojo. He's too fat to reach his asshole, so he just pretends that his feet are his asshole. And the funky corn chip breath came from there. Ew. Love you, Queens. Yeah, dog's feet smell like corn chips. It's the weirdest thing. I know. Thank you for the laughs and the sanity over this time of complete chaos. And thank you for sharing this photo of uh, the Betty White in your life, because that was kind of a thing that was going around this week on social media. Who's the Betty White in your life? I posted a picture of me and my Aunt Titi, who lived to be like 102, I think. Just an amazing woman. And a pug. Hello. Look, look at the baby cocker at the end. So cute. Yeah, less oh. judgy this in this photo. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you so much for that. Okay. This is from Alec. Pronouns he, they, them. Hello, you legendary Laguma nuts. <laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> What's a Laguma? What's a Laguma nut? <laughs> okay. All right. This next one's from Alec. Pronouns he, they, them. Hello, you legendary Laguminatis. Happiest of New Year's to each of you wonderful humans. I have some amazing news to share. Bear with me. It gets good, I promise. The last couple of months, I have been really depressed. Partly the sad and partly the isolation that comes with taking COVID precautions seriously. Mm. I work from home and my only real egress has been to teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu to a small pot of queer and trans folks. How great is that though? As a sport and martial art. It is heavy with toxic masculinity and in many places outright dangerous to queer and trans humans. So with the help of a friend who set this up as a safe trans majority space, I love this. 
Seeing these folks empowered by learning the sport that has changed my life was downright incredible and filled me with the happies until Mm -hmm. Omicron came and we had to stop. The rapid tests provided for this project by our city were no longer reliable for Omicron and it was too risky to continue. Then holiday plans with the fam were canceled and the days were getting darker. My amazing fiance was so supportive and the love of my void kitty helped get me through, but still something wasn't right. And this is where the good news part comes in. I did a lot of soul searching and realized that a struggle of mine throughout life has been an inability to relate to men. You know, bros, dudes, guys, and the like. I couldn't, I still can't, pin down exactly what my gender is, but I know it fits somewhere into the umbrella of non-binary. It explains so much, and I finally understood, even though I had a lot more questions. Then I realized I had to talk to my fiancé about it, and a kind of terror set in. I know that she loves me, and we are ride or die, but she's also straight, straight, straight. Could this be something that would cross the line? I didn't think so, but what if? I'm 40, she's in her 30s, and we're marrying the summer. It should have been 2020, but we won't go there. (laughs) Yeah, I knew I had to make this leap, and of course I trust her. But there's that nagging voice warning that it could all come crashing down. So yesterday morning, she noted that some of my recent clothing purchases were a bit femme. On trend for guys these days, but nevertheless, she wasn't judging, just observing. And in that moment, I knew it was stupid to ever doubt. I thanked her for the lack of judgment in those comments, and I leaned into the topic. I explained that I had been having questions about my gender, and this was a method of exploration and expression. She was cool with everything, because of course she was. She loves me for me. In the show Schitt's Creek, they say, I like the wine, not the label. Also one of my favorite lines, by the way. Mm -hmm. Last night, I slept like a baby. I know that a lot of folks are not in the place where they have the means or safety to come out with their truth, but I wish that they did. Thanks for letting me share this journey and also to thank you, AG, Amy, and Dana, your acceptance, openness, and continual message of care have helped get me to where I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As pet tax, I present a photo of my void kitty, Ophelia. I love catching her sleeping on her back because she gets so indignant about being discovered. Scandal. Thank you again for all that you do. Much love. Alec, thank you so much for this beautiful, vulnerable post. And I'm just so happy for you. Everyone needs to live in their authenticity and to have a partner that can support that. I'm proud of you. I am proud of her. And I just want you to live your best life. It's a new year and in some ways a new you and just enjoy the shit out of it. It's something in my eye. No, you're okay. You know, I shouldn't say it's a new you. This has always been who you are, but now you actually get to stand in that power. I love it. I love it. Uh, Heck yeah. Hell yeah. And I mean, you're young. Yeah. That's so, that's so great. So many people are so, you know, bound up. I I wasn't able to talk about a lot about myself until much later on in life, but some people go their whole lives sometimes. It's true. It is true. Oh, what a wonderful, the whole good news this week was, was Mm -hmm. uh, today was incredible. All of that filled my heart. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And here's hoping you get back to the the jujitsu thing soon. uh, As soon as this Omicron shit is over. I mean, I'm sure there'll be another thing at, at some point if, you know, people continue to refuse to be vaccinated, but I mean, what an, what an incredible, empowering thing, right? Yeah. I think it's great to take something that in its essence has always been so masculine and so anti-LGBTQ in many ways and, and not a safe space and take like own it, like make it into safe space, take that power from it. I think that's incredible. I love that. 
Me too. And thanks to everybody for submitting your stories. If you have any that you want to submit or confessions, corrections, whatever you want to send us. New Year's photos of of your sweatpants that you were wearing on New Year's <laughs> Eve. <laughs> I, I went to bed around nine, set an alarm for like 11.55, woke up and then it was midnight and I was like, okay, and I went back to sleep. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I did watch I did watch some of the Pete Davidson and Miley Cyrus special and I will mm. tell you what, I know people give him, you know, so much shit because he's bagging all of these very attractive women. But there is something. First of all, he's not an unattractive guy. You know, that's a subjective yeah, he's a thing. Joy. Right. He's funny. He's he's. Yeah. So I get it. I told anyway, he and Miley were wonderful. Miley had a massive wardrobe function and she handled it like a fucking champ. Her shirt basically came all the way off. She turned around. And covered herself and walked back into the backstage. And within seconds, she was out in this like red blazer. But she handled it like a champ. She changed the words to her song she was singing so that it was apropos to the moment. It was it was awesome. What what a professional. Indeed. Seriously. Seriously. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, by the time I turned on the CNN to watch, just watch the ball drop. Apparently, they already pulled Anderson Cooper for being too drunk. Oh, my and, God. Like, I'm so pissed because, you know, I mean, a lot of people are like, aha, they're so drunk. But like, to me, that's sloppy and unprofessional. And, you know, they took that gig away from Kathy Griffin. I haven't watched it since. I really haven't. Yeah. And it's awful. I mean, I love Anderson Cooper, but like that, you know, it makes me think of like so many people, so many friends I know that have gotten sober or have lost loved ones to to alcoholism uh, or, or addiction. And I'm just like, it's just, it's, it just feels wrong. Yeah. To me. Well, they, but, went in, they went on in after de Blasio, that's for sure. But they should have deservedly, yeah. deservedly so. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. But uh, anyway, that's the show. Uh, Dana. Yes. Any final, any final thoughts? This first Monday I, back. In you the know, new year. I do have final thoughts. I'll just say this. I know that we don't know what the new year's to come. No one wants to jinx it, but you and you in, in and of yourself can make this a good year. You can make good decisions in the sense of how you're going to find your joy and happiness. And when things get overwhelming with the news and they will, I just want you to find a day, a, a second, a minute during the, the, the day that's a mindfulness minute and just Take a breath, realize you're okay in that moment. Maybe not in the past, you don't know what's happening, but in that moment, you are breathing, you are safe, and you're okay. So just who knows what this next year is going to bring? We don't. But each day you can find peace in your own space. So I, I encourage you to do that as we move forward into 2022. Same, same, same thought, honestly. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of shit that we can't control and we can't know. No, nope. particularly with what, uh, you know, Trump being held accountable for his crimes, whether it be for obstruction of justice or for um, the insurrection, the coup. There's nothing you can do about what the DOJ is or isn't doing. All we can do is learn about it. Mm -hmm. And and so getting angry about it, spreading rage, just disenfranchises voters. And and it's and it's also just bad, I think, for your mental health. I mean, you don't have to have be blind faith, hope walking around like everything's sunshine, you know, just, you know, just take, like you said, Dana, take a minute and realize, hey, there's nothing I can do about this. You did your job. You voted. You got other people to vote. You registered people to vote. Ossoff and Warnock won. Biden and Harris won. They appointed Garland. You did your job, you know. Absolutely. Like, be, and that's going to be, be your proud. job moving forward, too. 
<laughs> midterms, midterms. Mm-hmm. Not a day's mm-hmm. gonna go by between now and the midterms that we don't mention how important this is. So boots on the ground, let's get our shit together and let's make this happen. We literally have to do this to save democracy. So onward into 2022, let's do this shit, AG. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, that's it. That's the show. Everybody, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and of course, take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. <laughs>